This is Saving Brothers with Philip Robertson on the Saving Brothers podcast. Well, friends, it's Podcast Wednesday, and you know I love a podcast, and this is a really personal podcast for me because the gentleman who's joining us from Jacksonville, Florida, Danny Ham, is also one of my really close friends. So, first up, uh, Danny, I want to welcome you, brother, to the Saving Brothers podcast. Awesome to be here, brother. Thanks for having me. Hey, and fortunately, you've had a time change. It's 6 a.m. over in uh, Jacksonville, Yeah. Yeah, 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 a little Absolutely. later. Just uh, 9, uh, 9 p.m. here, top of the hour. So, Danny, uh, we met going back. I was thinking about it uh, the other day. We met in London at a conference back in March 2019, if I uh, am right. And I just thought I always love to unpack a little bit about who is our guest, your backstory. So why don't you tell us, uh, our listeners, Danny, all about who is Danny Hand. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's a loaded question. Um, yeah, man. Well, you know, I'm from Florida. I'm, I'm a native. I'm uh, allergic to being cold. So I've always lived here um, from the Cocoa Beach area, Cape Canaveral, you know, where the where the rockets go up. And um, yeah, man, I lived there until I was, you know, high school. Then I moved to Gainesville, Florida, you know, to go to college. And um, I live in Jacksonville now with, with my partner, man. And um, it's been a lot of stuff you know, in there, as you know, right, between, uh, you know, addiction and recovery and uh, the corporate world and now the online business. And that's where we met. You know, by the time you and I met, I was brand new uh, into the online space. So I was still kind of getting my feet wet, didn't really know what I was doing. Not that I know now. Right. But, um, you know, I know a little bit more than then. So uh, that's that's kind of how we got to where, you know, where I met you, I guess, you know what I mean? Over there in London, man. So you tell me what you want to know and I'll, I'll fill you in brother. You know, obviously there's a lot to tell. There is a lot to tell. In fact, if I recall, Danny, we actually met, but we didn't introduce ourselves. We're in the gym. <laughs> yes. Remember that for a few days, we were hitting the gym in the mornings before the days unfold. And uh, eventually we ended up uh, catching up in the bar and uh, met your beautiful partner and, uh, yeah, there was another fellow uh, from uh, Perth. Yeah, David, David. David yeah, David. David, that's it. And, uh, yeah, the three of us, we had a, well, it was actually the four of us, we had a really good good, uh, good evening and just you know, hung out for a bit. So I guess I really want to, and one of the things I do love about you, Danny, and, I, you know, we've been doing stuff together, what, since oh, probably around about June 2019 where we've been jumping on a call every two weeks or as we, we say in Australia, every fortnight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And we catch up. And really you've been on the Saving Brothers journey with me from day one, brother. I mean, from yeah. when it was just an idea. It was just an idea. And I just think for the value that we want to bring in this catch-up right now is you've obviously been through some really dark, challenging times. Tell us about what led to that. I want to really unpack that because I want to look at, okay, it's not about, oh, my God, you're in the depths of despair, but yeah. what took you to, to that place? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I do remember uh, meeting you in the gym that morning. It was um, We were both on totally different time zones, right, because you had just gotten from San Diego. You got it. Uh, which was eight hours difference. 
and I was in from the East Coast, which was five hours different. So I remember it was 5 a.m. and to my body it was midnight, you know, and I'm up there like, you know, just, just but, you know, we, we kept that routine. Right. And uh, and that was important. You know, that's been important for me ever since. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it made a life change, you know, but, um, you know, as far as the addiction goes, it was um, substance wise. Right. Like I always drank, you know, growing up in high school, like Merritt Island's kind of a small town not a whole lot to do. And, uh, you know, we drank, but I never really used drugs. Right. And, um, you know, moving off to college, I still didn't, uh, I never used drugs. You know, we, we have, we have parties and, uh, keg, you know, keg parties and things like that. And people would always say, well, how come you don't party, man? You know, meaning how come I don't use drugs? Right. And I always just, I'm just afraid I'll like it, you know, and I just always kind of knew better, you know? And, um, I had, uh, met a girl, right. Uh, ended up being my wife and, you know, we, we used a little bit of party drugs together and, um, but it really didn't take off until, um, you know, I got, I got ruined by a semi truck and got prescribed, you know, pain medication. And, uh, at the time I just wasn't in a real happy marriage. You know, I just wasn't, wasn't in a great spot personally. And, um, man, it was, uh, made me not feel, you know, made me, uh, maybe not have to deal with things. And, you know, looking back, uh, after being in recovery and doing some work, you know, I realized that I've always had those tendencies, you know, I've, I've always had, uh, addict behavior. Right. So like, I've, I've never had one of anything, you know, I've never had a beer, never had a glass of wine, you know, never had a piece of pizza, just anything, you know, I've never had one. Right. And, um, yeah, man, you know, it kind of, it woke something up inside of me, you know, and, uh, used for a little while, just kind of ignoring life, you know, not dealing with things. And it wasn't that, um, my entire life was just this gloomy, nasty thing because I have amazing people in my life, you know, friends, family. Um, I just didn't love me, you know, and, uh, and that maybe not have to deal with it or deal with other things. So, uh, you know, we eventually, you know, ended up getting divorced and I don't have any kids, you know, so now I, I have no adult supervision. Right. And, uh, so, my life was uh, kind of like a rap video for, for a while. Man. It was just a big party, you know, and um, I lived that way, you know, for, for years and uh, until it started to become uh, where I needed to use, right? It wasn't just a, this would be good or this is what I want. It was like I needed it, you know, and, um, you know, it took me to the place where it takes a lot of people is where you'll do anything and everything to, you know, to get it, to get one more, you know, and, and at the time I was, um, I was doing, you know, medical sales, uh, for a company that was, uh, regional, you know, the whole Southeast U S was my territory. I loved it. You know, I, I mean, I did, I, I loved people I work with. I love, I love what I did. It was fun. Um, but I started not showing up in the best way. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, when you don't go to an office every day, when you do sales, you're kind of out there doing your own thing. So I had a lot of, had a lot of leeway, you know, um, and it wasn't like I went to an office every day, right. People didn't see me every day to realize that I was kind of getting, getting bad, you know, and, um, my mom got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and wasn't doing very well. And, uh, so I moved from Gainesville thinking, you know, Gainesville was my problem, right? Not me, you know, it was the town, you know? So I so said, I'm going to move back to my hometown, you know, be around mom. Um, and that was just my excuse to escape really, you know, I wasn't trying to be the good son or anything, at least looking back, you know, I was just trying to, to get out of something. So I uh, moved down there and now I was around people who, who knew me, 
you know, none of my friends use, you know, my family uses, right. It was something that I did and I isolated. And, um, but now I was around people that saw me all the time, you know, and, and knew something was off. And, uh, that was my first journey into like rehab, you know, treatment. Um, what age were you? Sorry, Danny, about what time in your life were you then? I guess then I was 38. Okay. 38, 39, maybe. <laughs> I have to go back and look. 38 or 39. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, you know, I went to I went to rehab uh, based on the uh, recommendation of like my boss and my parents and other people. You know, like I never went with the desire to um, to, to get clean or stay clean or do anything like that. You know, I was really just I knew I needed to get off opiates, so that was my intent. You know. I remember walked in and I told the, the lady my first day, I said, look, I can, you know, I can still use these drugs. I just have to get off opiates." And she was like, that's not how it works, Danny. It's all or nothing, you know? And I was just full of arrogance. You know, I was just like, well, you don't know me. I'm special. Right. Um, because I always believed that if I really wanted to quit, I could. And, um, so I went to the treatment and got out and drank my first night out, you know, was never took it serious. And, uh, and then after that, I just wanted to, really started kind of going downhill from there, you know, um, you know, because now it's like the people that love me, you know, they thought that, I mean, they didn't know any different. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can still drink. I just can't use drugs, you know? So, I mean, they didn't know any better. Right. Um, yeah, man. And I just always believed that if I wanted to want to stop, I could stop. And, uh, I just didn't want to, so I told myself, you know, so, um, yeah, man, it just, it kind of went downhill from there, you know, and, uh, for months, and then I ended up meeting, uh, meeting a girl, right. And, you know, from the time I had gotten divorced until, which was 08. And now this is 2015. Um, never dated seriously, really. You know I mean? I was just, you know, looking back, I know why it's cause I didn't really believe I was worthy of, you know, anybody worthwhile loving me really. But, um, you know, I told myself it was because that this was fun and I was just, you know, going out living that, that guy lifestyle, you know, and, um, but I met a girl at a charity golf tournament and, uh, she was a good girl. She was amazing and fell in love like immediately. Right. And which was unlike me and, uh, she deserved better, you know? So, so that was the first time that I tried, really tried to stop and realize that I could not, you know, I realized I couldn't. And, um, so instead of admitting that, had a problem uh you know i stole her stuff and i pawned it to buy drugs and uh her dad was a retired undercover narcotics officer and a uh yeah homicide detective he's a really cool dude you know and uh i remember you know he looked at me and he said uh he said you need help you know and i'll get it for you and i was just like no no i'm good you know i'm okay i just like i'm i can sort it yeah i just smoke a little weed you know i'm you know just just totally out there right um, so obviously that didn't go over very well. Right. Uh, so, you know, she was in my life, but we weren't together. And, um, that's when it started kind of dominoing downhill. Cause I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't deal with anything. I just numbed myself. Right. That was my, that was my MO. Um, so I did that, you know, for a long time. I started, uh, you know, I stole from my friends. I, I did a lot of stuff that, um, just is not outside of who I am as a person. You know what I mean? But, uh, I wasn't in control of my actions, man. It's just, I was, I was using against my will. Like I desperately wanted to stop. I couldn't, you know? Yeah. 
And, um, you know, it all kind of came to a head uh, the summer of, of 2016. You know, we have this family reunion. Um, my dad rents this big house in Marco Island. There's like 30 of us. You know, my brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, all of us. We have huge family. And uh, a few months before that, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, she had um, uh, had a stroke while she was giving birth to my niece. And, um, you know, she almost died. And she was in ICU in the hospital for, for a while. And their first trip out of Miami was to come to this family reunion. And, uh, you know, their, our first her first day there, she probably wasn't even there an hour. And I stole her payments, you know. And um, it was my dad's 80th birthday. His brothers had flown in from all over. Um, you know, it was my stepmom. It was like my mom. You know, it was her 65th birthday. It was like a, it was a big deal, right? And this is how I showed up, you know. And everybody knew it was me, right? I mean, um, I didn't admit it, of course, but uh, you know, everybody knew it was me, right? And, and nobody was mad at me. Nobody was angry with me. They were just looking in their eyes, but they were just heartbroken, you know, and they was like, they were helpless. They were watching me kill myself and there was nothing they could do about it, you know? And, um, so it was a week after that, you know, whenever we got back, back home, that I made the decision that I just can't hurt the people I love anymore. You know what I mean? Like I didn't love myself enough to quit for me, but I'm super blessed, man, you know, with amazing people in my life. And I just couldn't hurt them anymore. So, uh, that was when I made the decision. I went to, uh, went to a detox that, sucked um you know went through it man and uh you know from there i went to the same treatment center which was good um i just wasn't ready the first time right and i just walked in and said i'll do whatever you tell me to do man and um that's where my journey started you know i'm july 7th 2016 is my, my clean date uh and you know i've been been clean ever since man and mate you know how proud i am of you i mean i think it's the uh the analogy of the teacher will appear when the student is ready. And as you said, Danny, the first time you were you went into rehab, you weren't ready. But yeah. I, I, one of the things, and again, you know how proud I am. I mean, we talk regularly. I mean, we, yeah. But I, one of the things I love about what you do, and I'd love you to share with us, is your service, how you give back to help others. Yeah, man, for sure. You know, so uh, I remember when I was in treatment, um, they said, when you get out, you know, they said, you know, go to a meeting your first day out. Or like I'm part of a 12 step fellowship. And uh, they said, go to a meeting your first day out or you probably won't go. You know, they said, go to 90 meetings in 90 days, get a sponsor and then do service work. And then just repeat that shit until you die and your life will be amazing. And I said, okay, you know, so I did. And, um, you know, I got a sponsor who's, who's helped me work the steps and, uh, you know, ever since I had 60 days clean, I've had a service commitment, you know, of some kind and whether it's open in rooms or, you know, my favorite one is um, it's called H&I, just hospitals and institutions is what it means. But it's really just where we take a meeting into a facility um, that doesn't have access to meetings, right? Like it's, you know, prisons, treatment centers, hospitals, you know, whatever. Um, and just bring a, bring, bring a meeting in and just because that's what connected to me, you know, the treatment center that I was in had great counselors, right? But but they weren't all addicts. And to me, this isn't something you can learn in a book, right? Like you just can't understand it, you know, unless you desperately wanted to stop something, you just do it against your will. Like you just can't relate, you know? Um, so the people that came in as part of 12-step programs and told their stories, like that's what I related to because they had a life that I could relate to and it was similar and I related to the feelings, you know, their, their life might not have been like mine, but 
um, I could relate to the feelings and the emotions, right? So uh, that's my favorite type of service. You know, ever since I was able to, you got to have six months clean to, uh, to bring a meeting into a treatment center. So I've been doing that five and a half years now, you know what I mean? So uh, I love it. You know, I go to treatment centers and just, you know, you tell your story and um, try to spread some hope, man. Just hopefully connect to people, let them know that uh, it can be done. Right, because it's, it's such a small, small percentage, man. Small percentage uh, of people that make it. You know, I wanted to touch on that, Danny, because you are quite the exception in terms of your ability to and be sober for over five years now. Do you want to share the percentage of people? Because I think this will shock our listeners of people that actually make it through recovery. You know, I mean. I don't know the actual number, you know, I mean, you, there's so much stuff out there. Right. But it's, I can just tell you from my personal experience, you know, I mean, at the time when I got clean, um, in my hometown, in my home, there was probably a hundred of us that came in within a few months, you know, of that time. And there's two of us left, you know? Um, and that's pretty typical, you know, it's, um, thing is, is, I mean, it's anybody can do it really. I mean, anybody can do it. Okay. It's just, once people start feeling better and they start getting their life back and they start, you know, the, the things start getting better, they quit doing the stuff that got them there. Right. Like I, the analogy I always use is, you know, people who lose a bunch of weight or get in great shape and get healthy while well, they're eating, right. They're exercising, they're sleeping well, right. They're, they're meditating, they're doing these things that get them in shape and then they quit doing it and then they gain it all back or they get unhealthy again. And it's because they quit doing the things that got them there, man. You know what I mean? So a lot of times when people say, well, how, you know, how do you do this? And I'm like, I just do everything I did when I had 30 days clean. It's, I mean, it's so simple. It really is. You know, I mean, you go to meetings, you work steps, you, you do service, you know, I mean, you pray, you, you whatever. Right. And, and so, you know, health and fitness is part of that journey for me, as you know, um, you know, super unhealthy when I got clean, you know, and I, I took control of my health and, and everything, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, like that's healthy to me, you know, and, um, that's why that's why I pour my energy, right? And to, and to me, it's just a matter of showing up every day, one day at a time, and doing the best I can that day, right? And and I think that the reason the percentages are so low um, is people just don't do that, man. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, it's a very very simple program that I'm a part of. Uh, it's a simple way to do it, but it's not easy. You know, most people don't do things that aren't easy, as you know, right? That's why a lot of people aren't successful, not just about money, but in different aspects because they're not prepared to do the work, to do the steps on an ongoing, consistent basis. Uh, Rosemary actually made a comment here. For me, I actually didn't know that I had an opioid addiction. For her, it was prescription addiction, not street drugs. And I think you'd be, be fairly uh, that would be a fairly common sort of uh, uh, thing that oh, a lot yeah. of people... Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, opi- opioid addiction is it's heroin, synthetic heroin, all it is that's it, you know, oxy and things like that. I and mean, that's what they are, you know, they're opiates and uh, their purest form, you know, and it's um, a lot of people don't know, you know, but, but, but also, you know, there's a difference between, you know, being an addict and you become physically addicted, right? So, I mean, there's some people who have surgery, right? And they prescribe strong medicine and they just get physically addicted to these things. And, you know, if they get them out of their system and they get off of it, they're fine, right? They were just physically addicted. And then you have people that, you know, have the disease of addiction, right? And they're, um, you take out the opioids, they'll find something else, right? Because there's this like spiritual, there's like this void and you can't fill it with enough drugs or alcohol or sex or money or food or shopping or whatever, you know, pick your vice, right? Um, 
you know, until you, until you fix that void, you know, until we work on us, um, you know, the drug's just a symptom, right? It's like I had a Danny problem. I didn't have a drug problem. I had a Danny problem, right? And drugs is how I dealt with the Danny problem. So once I, I don't want to say fix the Danny problem because it's never fixed, but, you know, addressed it, right? Because um, we never recover. You know, we're just always recovering, you know, and it's a, it's a lifelong thing, you know, and. So do you think it was a to-do with you didn't like Danny Han? I think it was that I had an inability to deal with life on life's terms. You know, in other words, um, I was arrogant. I was entitled. You know, I was um, used to having things my way. I can manipulate situations, you know. Um, and that's just kind of how I always was, you know, looking back. I mean, like I was never like a bad dude. I always had a big heart, you know, and, and really cared about people. Um, but, you know, disease is a self-centered or addiction is a self-centered disease. You know, once that once it got a hold of me, it was it's just all about one more, you know, you don't really think about who you are. It's just what you what you need. Right. And, uh, yeah, it just took over. Right. So uh, it wasn't that I hated me per se. I did eventually because I mean, when, you know, when you're doing something that you know is bad for you, you know, you're doing wrong, but you can't stop yourself from doing it. I mean, that's a, it's a vicious cycle, man. It's not a good place to be. You know? Absolutely. So, Danny, we uh, we met, as I said, in London and the world of affiliate marketing. And what I love is that you really are a champion, not only a champion man, but also a champion for people. And talk talk to our listeners, our audience, about gratitude because I know, wow, man, you're an ambassador for gratitude. And tell tell them you run some webinars for people. You hope yeah, you once a month at least. So, yeah, share, share how you impact people because this particular group that we both have been a part of and how we met, I mean, that's a, a place that is global that has got tens of thousands of people. So, yeah, it's amazing. You know, it was uh, when I found them, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know I didn't want to do the corporate world anymore. Um, I know I wanted time freedom, you know. Um, so w- when I found the online space, you know, it was – the internet never stopped, right? It's open 24 seven, you know? And, um, as you know, I, technology is not my thing, right? Like I, I could do a spreadsheet, I could do some email, but that's it from a technology perspective. I'm a dumbass, Right. And, but I wanted that, right. You know, but I'm like, well, look, man, everything's learnable. You know, like at the time, at the time I found this, this space, it was fall of 2018. Right. And, um, I had been clean a couple years. Right. And, and I had already, and the timing had to be right. If I'd have found it earlier, I wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? Because I would have just been like, well, I'm not good at technology. And I, I would have found a, a reason not to, you know. But once I'd, I'd worked these steps in my life, right? Like you have to have, like Martin Luther King, one of my favorite quotes, you know, he says, faith has taken the first step when you can't see the whole staircase, right? And recovery was like, you just got to show up every day. You got to do this hard work. And you're not going to see the benefit immediately. That's not how it works. You just have to have faith, man, that if you keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep doing this, that eventually it's going to work out, right? And so when I found this space, it was kind of the same thing. I'm like, well, if these other people can do it, I can do it, right? I just got to have faith that if I just, you know, follow these steps, follow this blueprint, do what they did, I'll get the result. And um, so I dove in, you know what I mean? And I started it. And, and at the time I met you, I never had any ads out there. I wasn't marketing, you know, I mean, I was, I was so intimidated, you know? Um, and it was just great that I met you, you know, in the gym that day and saw you like, you're obviously so friendly, man. You know, I mean, people who don't know you outside of this, you're the same person in real life. Right. And that's, that's what I love about you. It's just the authenticity, you know, and 
Um, you know, when I got clean, my sponsor told me, he just said a grateful addict will never use. He says, you need to find a way to be grateful, you know? And so I did, you know, I, mean, I had an amazing life with amazing, you know, I was healthy. I got friends that love me. Both my parents are still alive. I mean, it's just so many things have to be great. I live in Florida. I mean, dude, people pay a lot of money to come to vacation where I just wake up every day. Right. Like I'm grateful for that. You know what I mean? Um, I have food. I mean, just, just, just the littlest things, man. When we find a way to be grateful for, uh, things that are so easy to take for granted. Um, life's just different, you know? And, um, so that's just, I, I named my company living grateful, you know? And I just, I just started kind of find a way like that's, I want to, I want to spread that, you know? And so, yeah, I get to host webinars now I and mean, I have ads on YouTube. I have products for sale. You know I mean? I have like all these things that, um, I mean, they're just things, right. But, uh, you know, what's behind it, it to me, at least the message is cool, right? Like I'm trying to spread some gratitude and, uh, it's, it's been pretty well received. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm grateful to be able to, um, host webinars and uh, with people from all over the world, you know, before I got in this online space, man, like I never had a relationship with anybody outside of America. Right? I mean, I travel, I've been to some super cool places, man, but, um, I didn't have any relationships like you, like you're a brother to me, you know, I'd do anything for you. Right. And, um, and we've connected, you know, fortnightly as you taught me the word, right. Um, you know, for a couple of years, man, and I've got other people that are really close to me that are, you know, like our, our buddy, John Brooks, he just came and hung out for a month from the UK. Right. So, um, I just get to meet these cool people from all over the world, man. And, and I love it. Absolutely. I relationships with them. And it's, um, to me, that's the coolest part about the internet is it just brings us all together, you know? Yeah, technology is a beautiful thing. I mean, we've got people from India. Uh, Brian was uh, from the US. It's just, you're absolutely right. Technology has made the world, a, you know, we're, we're all neighbours. We're, we're one big family, and I think that's just absolutely beautiful. The, the goal, though, with your show, that when you're hosting the webinars around gratitude, what, what do you think people get from being online in that environment? So, you know, the one I has, I call it gratitude, attitude, and commitment, right? And whenever they asked me to do the webinar, um, I said, well, what do you want me to do it about? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to teach anybody about technology, right? I mean, I can get my way through some stuff, but I'm far from Steve Jobs, you know? Um, they said, well, you know what? You inspire people, man. Like, why do you think? I was like, well, I'm grateful. You know, I, I believe I have a good attitude, you know, and, and commitment. Like, if I make a commitment, I'm like, I show up for that, right? And that's what we call it, you know. So in the webinars that we have, we try to talk about topics that relate to that, you know, things that are actionable, right? Like uh, gratitude is an action word. Okay, you don't feel grateful. You show gratitude, okay? And uh, for me, like I try to um, – that, that's what we talk about, right? Just like how, what, what can you do to show kindness? What can you do to show gratitude? Um, you know, how can you build your own self-confidence here? Right? I didn't have a, have a great, better positive attitude that you can go out there and have an impact on other people's lives. Right. Because people don't care what we say, you know, people care what we do, you know what I mean? And well done is always better than well said. So, you know, you want to build your self-confidence. You do that by making and keeping commitments to yourself. Okay. Start small, make your bed. I mean, simple things, right. But by doing these things and building your confidence, um, you become a leader, you know, and you attract other people to, to kind of do the same. And for me, that's just try, how I try to show up. You know, a lot of the guys I work with, I mean, we, we lead by example. That's why I teach them. Like, you know, it's, we lead by example, right? So uh, you need to do things like, like you talk about, like you want other people to, to do them, right. That you're leading and just try to, you know, impart some of that, man, hopefully, you know, rubs off on people. And, and we've, um, 
it, it's been good. We've gotten some really good feedback, man. And I, and I believe we've had some impact on, on people's lives, right? And uh, you can't do the work for them for anybody, right? All we can do is just kind of plant a seed and lead by example and hopefully people pick it up, you know? Totally. And, in fact, I wanted to bring up Brian's comment. He said, awesome quote from MLK Jr. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And these things really drive us. And you do... I think one of the things I love about you, Danny, is you do practice what you preach. I mean, you are religious in terms of your commitment to your health and your fitness. You run your spreadsheets, your gratitude. You live what you say. And I think sometimes it's very easy for us to, as you say, talk the talk, but we don't always walk the walk. Mm. And I've been certainly plenty of times myself guilty of that and accountability I think is one of the things that you're really really good at is Danny helping people with their accountability yeah you know I mean it's I think that Jerome used to always say you know it's so easy just to do the right thing to be successful the reason most people don't is because it's also easy not to do it right uh and I think that absolutely yeah and wasn't that one of the you would talk about the mysteries the mysteries it's easy to do but it's easy not to do that's right. You know, and I think accountability helps with that. You know, it's like, um, it's real easy to hit snooze. You know, it's real easy to, you know, eat something that, you know, that's easier, right? That you don't have to cook. I mean, it's just, you know, all these other things are easy, right? But um, it's just a matter of doing the next right thing. Just show up and do the next right thing. You know, you know, you know what the right thing is. You know, everybody knows what the right thing is, right? Just do it do the next right thing, you know? And, and if you have these commitments, man, and you get accountable to other people is, is always helpful. Uh, but really, you have to be accountable to yourself, you know, because a lot of the time, man, I don't care how many people you're around you by yourself, right, up here, you know? And um, I think that if we get accountable to ourselves and um, just make a commitment, right, that we're going to do these things because, you know, it's not about what we want now, it's about what we want most, right? And we just have to keep that on the forefront of our mind and, uh, and keep taking that action, man. And we get the results. You know what I mean? It's like nothing in my experience, nothing that is worthwhile is easy or quick, just period. I don't care if it's, you know, your job or relationship, your health, anything, man, recovery, any of it. You know what I mean? So to me, man, it's just all about doing what you know is best in the long run and showing up and having the commitment to take action on that. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm talking about Jim Ryan. I love the, one of his quotes. I'm, I, was very, very fortunate. In my early 20s, I got to see him speak live in Melbourne, Australia, nice. uh, and didn't know the impact of the man, that he had a great impact on my life, but he would talk about things like discipline weighs ounces, but regret weighs tons. Yeah. Such a simple quote, but it's like, whoa, that, That's that right. is absolutely just what you're talking about, Danny. That's it. Yeah, you'll suffer two pains, man, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret, right? That's it. And Tony Robbins would say, oh, often motivated more by the what what the pain, pain versus pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're motivated more by pain as opposed to, oh, but that would be pleasurable. So we know that if we go to the gym five days a week and pump iron for an hour every day, we can look amazing. But it's like, you know what, that's, that's kind of painful. I'll, I'll just... I snooze. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's, you know, and we talk about, talk about taking action, right? It's like, there's so many great books, like Jim Rohn terms. And there's so many great books out there um, that a lot of people read and they've read, but well, what do we, what'd you actually do? So you just read this book, Think and Grow Rich. It was great, right? It was amazing. 
okay, what did you wake up and do that was in the book? Like, what did you do to change your life, right? Well, most people just want to say they read it, you know, or a lot of people read it and it feels good, right? This is great information. Awesome. You know, don't turn what we learn, in, you know, into knowledge, turn what we learn into action, right? Do something with it. And, uh, you know, whenever we do that, I think that's when things start to change. Absolutely. And I've got to say, I mean, in terms of the things that you do in terms of service, I'm thinking about your buddy Robbie, for example. I mean, man, how you have been there as an amazing friend with his cancer battle, just taking him to appointments, helping, making sure, you know, that following through to make sure that uh, he got to the front of the queue and just, man, I mean, I, I just loved what you did with Saving Brothers. We had a tiny piece of his journey where he, uh, you want to talk about the T-shirt? I just think it's a beautiful story. When you got his yeah, so, you know, um, I was my brother, you know, and uh, brother from another mother, you know, and he, uh, yeah, he got diagnosed with cancer and, um, you know, he was super unhealthy. Uh, overweight and um, like a lot of us just ignoring it, focusing on work, focusing on, you know, um, not, not the health, you know, but uh, cancer just showed up, man, throat cancer, neck cancer. He's never smoked a day in his life, Um, but it showed up. Right. And, you know, a lot of times if, if we don't pay attention to things, the universe will get our attention. Right. And, uh, and it got his, you know, and um, got his attention, it got his attention, you know, and um, you know, I live in Jacksonville now, which is, you know, just over two hours from, from my hometown where he's at. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, time freedom is why I got into online business, time freedom, you know, so I can spend my time how I choose. Um, and that was just a huge blessing, man, because, you know, I was able to, you know, have a super understanding partner. She's incredible. Um, she's the same one that I fell in love with. As you know, she's the same one that I fell in love with way back and stole her stuff and, and all that, you know, that was a long, hard road back, but we live together now. Right. We have a dog together. You know what I mean? So recovery has been such a blessing to my life, man. And, um, but you know, she's very understanding. I said, look, I need to go take care of Robbie, you know, and I was gone like two months, you know, and that's what we did, you know, radiation every day, chemo, um, 5am wake up, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, that mindset of, this is what's next, man. One foot in front of the other. You know, I mean, dude lost 50 pounds in like two months. He couldn't eat, right? He couldn't swallow. Um, but we got it done. You know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, yeah. His, his, his thing is, you know, because we're big juveniles, right? He, he calls everybody bitches, right? Like all his guy friends, right? That's what he called us. And uh, so I had in this shirt made that said, you know, cancer-free bitches. And uh, he didn't know I had it. And, then, you know, we went and uh, December 23rd, actually, two days before Christmas is when... We went to get the results from the PET scan to find out if he was cancer-free, and he was. And so, yeah, I gave him that shirt and took his picture and sent it to you, of course. And, you know, I mean, he he you know, brings him to tears thinking about you. You know, I mean, you kept sending those inspiring messages and all that, you know. And he just keeps saying, we got to get to Australia and go see Phil. I was like, dude, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> as soon as they open back up, because they were on severe lockdown. But as soon as they're open, we're, we're going, right? So, um yeah, man, it was just, it was amazing. I'm actually leaving here this afternoon to go back down there. We've got an appointment tomorrow morning with the radiation oncologist just to, you know, check his, his bloods, as you call them, you know, and uh, make sure the white blood cell counts, you know, to good and he's healing properly and all that. But yeah, man, he's, uh, yeah, cancer-free, dude. So I'm, um, I love it. I love it. And we were so proud of you and of Robbie. And when we were able to post that photo of him going like this, wearing the T-shirt, 
Oh, we put that in the Saving Brothers private Facebook group for men. Man, my heart just sang. I just felt so cool. And I, and I think that's part of what Saving Brothers is about is we want men to be proactive with their, with their health and go and get their bloods. I mean, you've worked in medical sales for years. You know that. Your partner's involved in the medical industry as well. And, I mean, we talked about when you went and got some bloods and you did a video in the Facebook group. Remember, uh, you went and got some bloods done. I think you had colonoscopy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the old colonoscopy. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? A lot of people just don't do it, you know. And, and and I'll tell you what, you know, and I shared this in there. It's So when I got clean, I was 41, right, which is a little young to get a colonoscopy, at least over here in America, right? Your insurance don't want to pay for that, right? So, um, but my doctor, he said, I think you should go. You know, my primary is amazing, right? General practitioner, I guess you call him. Um, and he just said, I know you're young, but I think you should go just based on the life you've lived and where your body's at. And I did. And, um, and uh, you know, they, they, they found a few polyps and he just said, look, they're, they're not cancerous. He said, but if you hadn't come until, you know, you're supposed to come, you, you'd have a, you have a softball, you know, in you. And, uh, so I went back, you know, in December this past year, because I was five years, um, and the guy told me, he just said, look, he said, uh, you know, we found some serrated polyps, which those are the types that turn into cancer. He said, so now you got to come every year. Right. But he said, you won't get cancer on my watch. You know, he said, this is the most preventable type of cancer, but you just got to come get a check, man. So, yeah, so that's why I put that video out there. It's like most things are preventable, man. You know what I mean? Most things are preventable. And, you know, a lot of guys consider it manly to just, you know, rub some dirt on it, right? Just ignore that shit. And that's not healthy, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm a big proponent of what you're doing. You know that, man. Like, I've been here since this was your brainchild. Um, And it is real now. Like, you've made it a reality, you know? And that goes back to taking action. And well done is better than well said, man. Like, you put in a lot of time, money, resources, energy, all that to, to building Saving Brothers, man. And it's... I'm just so grateful that it's here, you know, because I mean, we need this, you know, like people need a platform to, um, to take care of themselves, man. You know, I mean, it's so simple, uh, but it's not easy a lot of times, you know what I mean? I mean, just, you just got to do it. Right. And uh, oh, Danny, absolutely spot on. I mean, you know, my journey very, very well. I mean, we're very close. We, we are brothers, but uh, that's one of the reasons I'm, paying to build a wellness app for men because we want reminders, we want markers that men in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s have these reminders that, hey, these are the checks based on the World Health Organisation that you should be getting in that decade. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to share the app with your partner if you've got a partner or a buddy with a QR code and if you need to track your glucose or you want to lose 20 pounds, uh, you'll be able to track that. All your markers, if you need to get your cholesterol and you want to record that or your steps, all the things that are going to be important to you, your sleep journal, etc., you'll be able to do that in our free Saving Brothers app that uh, we're pretty pumped. I mean, uh, we can't wait to bring it out and we're going to create some awesome challenges for our brothers and we really want their partners, the women in their lives, their mums, their, their their wives, their sisters, their daughters, etc., to be a part of this this is about prolonging men's lives so that we can stop Danny Brothers dropping dead unnecessarily. Yeah, man. I'm into that, brother. Absolutely. So, Danny, have to come out. I can't wait for it. 
Yeah, look, it's not too far away. We've actually got a meeting in about, uh, what's today? It's Wednesday night here in Australia, and uh, Saturday morning we've got a meeting with our graphic designer. Uh, he's based in the US, so uh, my, my development team are based out of Colorado. So, yeah, we're, we're, we've got people all over the world working with us here at, at Saving Brothers. I'm hoping we're going to be live within the next, look, worst case, eight, eight weeks. There's a few more bits and pieces uh, to come together. But... I think it'll be a really great tool and it'll be fun. Men can uh, take responsibility for their lives and ultimately our goal is to help men save their lives and to be better versions of themselves. So uh, we're really uh, excited. Danny, I wanted to ask you, brother, what's the future over the next couple of years hold for Danny Ham? What are you want, hoping to, to achieve in, in your journey? Big question. You know, I, I just want to be better than yesterday. You know, I mean, that's that, that's really, I just try to show up, man, one day at a time. You know, I really do. And, um, but, you know, my vision, you know, is to, as you know, recently I've been um, a little more involved in the blockchain, you know, like crypto world. I really think that it's exciting times, man. Like, I just think with, you know, the web 3.0, I really believe that we are on the, the precipice of just freedom in a whole nother way. You know, and uh, and I think it's going to bring us even closer together. You know, I think there's people in like, you know, countries that are around the world that just don't have access to a lot of the stuff that we do. Uh, and I believe that um, that's changing. You know what I mean? I just think it's super cool. As far as um, my other businesses, man, like I see, you know, the brand Living Grateful growing. You know, I'm kind of rebranding, changing the logo. I'm doing that stuff with the help of my buddy John right now. And, um, man, I just like to have more of an impact, really. I mean, that's what it's about. You know, I try to, um, I don't keep track of the dollars. I keep track of the lives you impact and then the rest takes care of itself, you know, and, um, you know, so that's just what I'd like to do, just have more of an impact. You know what I mean? Just touch more people. And I believe that's how we change the world, man. You just change your world, you know what I mean? And the people around you and your community, and then it's like you're doing, you know, like you're changing the world, brother, you know, one day at a time. That's, I just want to be hanging out with people like you, man. That's what I want to do the next couple of years. You know what I mean? To surround myself with people that are having an impact. Like that that's what it's about to me. Well, Danny, you're already doing that, and I know that for a fact because I uh, we've been part of the, the same community since uh, well, since we met yeah. in London in uh, two nineteen. So and I know that people absolutely love and adore you because of your heart, because you put others ahead of yourself. And I think the one of the one of the best parts about that particularly if people have been struggling, is take the take the spotlight off yourself and help others. And when you help others, you feel better about yourself. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about, right? Anytime you're feeling down, anytime you're you know not feeling good, just get outside yourself and go do something for somebody else, you know? And uh, I have yet to not have that make me feel better, you know? Totally. I think that's a beautiful note to finish our, our catch-up on, Danny, and certainly looking forward to... Always staying in touch with your brother and, and certainly you've inspired me, You've particularly when I've been down and feeling flat and lonely and alone and you've helped keep me going and uh, you've been an absolute torch for me, a, a torch bearer. And I thank you, brother, for being there from day one as part of this family at Saving Brothers. So, Danny Ham, been a pleasure. Have an awesome day and uh, really looking forward to catching up. I'll see you in a couple of weeks on our, our fortnightly catch-up. Fortnightly, you will, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right. You take care. Thanks, Phil. See you later, mate. All the Thanks. best to everyone else out there. Take care of yourselves and of each other. And bye for now. This has been a Saving Brothers podcast. Thanks for listening.